Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 397. Don't let the doldrums of life bind you down. Find a way to live epic. It can be in your own garage, out on the open road, or on the rocky trail, but wherever you are, live epically. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and interior, is with a car cover? I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. 2015 marks Covercraft's 50th anniversary. They've manufactured premium quality exterior and interior covers here in the United States with a reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit with over 80,000 patterns and growing. You can choose from dozens of fabric options and accessories, all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicle. Made in the USA, Covercraft is the right choice. I've protected my special rides with their covers for over 40 years, and you should too. Learn more today at Covercraft.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Nathan Riddle. Nathan, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I got my five-point harness ready to go and ready for an adventure. All right, ready to crawl over some rocks. Nathan Riddle is the owner and host of the off-road adventure show Crawl Zone, which aims to take the adrenaline of extreme rock crawling and pump it into the vein of the off-road community. Nathan also has an acting background, works as a video game animator, and he's a professor at the University of Utah and is currently developing several additional off-road shows as well as his first feature film. Very cool. At a young age, he learned to be a grease monkey and gained a love for classic cars from his father. Nathan, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment and share a little bit more about your career and, of course, your passion for automobiles? Well, my life's definitely an eclectic one, and getting involved with, with cars at an early age has is, is always just made sense, you know, just anything with power, anything with combustion, anything that, that really drives and, and is cool to look at and whatnot, that's always driven me in, in all my life. And, uh, and so, yeah, I really loved it and had opportunities with uh, work in different areas that I'm able to bring awesome things to life. And getting into Crawl Zone, it started out as a, a buddy of mine called me up and said, hey, I got an idea for a show. And I said, doesn't anybody, but everybody. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and so, but I looked at the ideas and looked at the market and said, hey, this would be awesome. Get out there in some rugged off-road vehicles and just have an adventure. And so that's really kind of what kind of got us started with Crawl Zone and of course, I love anything entertainment related, and if I can find a way to put a put a cool car or a hot rod in there or a epic Jeep, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'd love for you to tell our listeners before we get into some of my questions I have for you today is tell us a little bit about Crawl Zone and some of these films that you make. What kind of vehicles are we dealing with? Just so the listeners have in their mind where we're going on this adventure today. All right. Well, Crawl Zone is, is, as you mentioned, an off-road adventure show where we follow the, the off-road community. We're looking at Jeepers. We're the guys who build up the Toyotas, the Broncos, you know, big tires and crazy suspensions, big roll cages. Because we're not just going down a country road trail. 
the places we go, there are no roads. There are washes, there are waterfalls, and we're taking these off-road machines in crazy locations that you would think that you can't even hardly hike through that wow. these machines go through. And whether it be a Jeep or – and a lot of these guys are doing custom frame tube buggies that started out maybe as something, but in the end, there's only mostly just tube and engine and suspension left on that thing. Serious, serious vehicles that go in very serious places, right? Absolutely. You know, um, I've watched some of your videos and, oh, my gosh, I look at some of the places these guys go in their vehicles. How on earth can they do that? I mean, it's just absolutely incredible. So we're going to learn a little bit more about that as we move along. But as we continue on your journey, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote. It's some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success. And it's a great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So, Nathan, take the wheel. All right. Well, my inspirational quote really comes from from some of the other things we'll talk about. But I, I grew up a small town boy without much, and I really found a lot of success doing anything I've ever wanted. And it really comes down to a, a kind of a quote that I've developed. It's just, don't just live life, live epic. And that's kind of become the tagline for Crawl Zone as we follow not only ourselves, but we, there's guys and gals out there that build those crazy road uh, off-road machines that we've talked about and they do it from their own garages and then on the weekend they head out and they find an adventure and they crawl that undrivable path now that's our audience and for us as filmmakers we get to follow these people out on the trail have an adventure of our own and live epically all across the country <laughs> well i don't think i could have said that any better that was absolutely fantastic and definitely for what your films are about and the people involved in them they are living life in an epic epic way i love that fantastic would you share a story with us that instigated your passion for cars i mentioned that you know you grew up with a dad who sounds like was a car guy who instilled that passion and flame in you but is there a pivotal moment in your life when you really knew that you were a car guy well for me it was as you mentioned it started out with my dad we but it, but my story's a little bit different. I, we were poor. We grew up in this broken down little trailer court with our rotten old trailer. And uh, classic cars really were the only thing that was within reach as a hobby mm -hmm. because I could just go talk to an old farmer and drag home a jalopy for 10 bucks. <laughs> there you go. And and before long, our, our little mobile home started resembling that of a Jeff Foxworthy shtick. You know, if you live in a house that's mobile <laughs> surrounded by a dozen cars that aren't. <laughs> yeah. But learning to be a backyard mechanic, trying to figure out how to get these old machines back on the road, gave me an education into mechanics, history, innovation. And it really gave me, as a, as a poor kid, a sense of self-worth that's really guided my life. So really from a, a, quite a young age, working with my dad, tinkering on things, being together with him, that's really, really kind of always been there. Where it all started, yeah. Well, it's... You know, give a kid something to do, something to step back and say, yeah, I did that. And, oh, my gosh, not only are you planting a seed, but you're instilling a confidence in that person uh, that they can carry forward. It sounds like that's what happened to you. Exactly. Nathan, what I'd love to do is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down. And what I'd like to say is crawl under the hood and get our hands a little dirty. Certainly something you're not afraid of. Would you share with us a huge challenge or even a great failure that you faced along the way in your career? But the more important part of this question has to do with how did you overcome that situation and what did it teach you? Really, probably one of my kind of my biggest strengths and weaknesses kind of go hand in hand. Uh, growing up poor, I had a 
a do-it-myself mentality. I have to do everything myself. I had no resources. I, I didn't know how to ask for help. I did it myself. And as CrawlZone got off the ground, I had a real hard time and still do have a hard time letting other people into the process. And early on, it created some isolationism that put CrawlZone on blocks for a little while. Mm. But as I've come out of that and learned to be more confident in my, in my team and deal with the reality that I don't have to do everything myself, and in reality, I shouldn't do some things myself, that my life, my team, and my company, they're on a stronger footing and we're seeing some real success as a result of that. You know, this is such an important message. I want to stick with this a little bit because uh, there's so many people, whether they come from a situation where they don't have any kind of a budget to afford to hire people or they do, but they just can't let go. They just, they feel like uh, it's only going to get done right if I do it. What are some things, some things you pulled out of your hat that helped you realize that that was important and Define what to let go, what to hang on to, what to do yourself, what to wrap around a team. Well, really my my learning to get over this really came from working on a couple of movie sets where movies, you've got a director and so much is put on the director. But once you get inside and you see that it's really the director has a very small role. He's just orchestrating thousands of people into mm -hmm. doing what he wants to have done. And so seeing that big projects like this really are a little bit more collaborative and that in order to create the best possible thing, everybody needs to be doing their part as well as they can. And those directors that come in and micromanage tend to suppress, you know, the creativity of their team. And I started watching different directors doing different things and, and what made films successful as I was researching for our own show. Mm -hmm. And, and then I, realized, hey, I'm not doing that. I'm not, I'm trying to do too much, partially because of resources. But, but then finding a team, people you trust is the biggest key. You can't just hire anybody, but you got to find somebody that's got the same vision as you, the same ideals as you, right. and has the qualities within their talent to be able to fulfill what you want to create. Oh, uh, yeah. And so, yeah, very well said. And so, so important, especially for people that are moving through the ranks of a career, perhaps. And they're realizing, okay, now I'm going to manage some people. How do I do that? How do I deal with that? But one of the key things I heard you say was surrounding yourself with the right people. Uh, very, very important indeed. Absolutely. Nathan, let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share a story with us where you had one of those career aha moments. You talked about a very eclectic career. You've done a lot of different things. You continue to do a lot of different things. Talk about being an orchestra or a, a band leader, if you will. Uh, you've got your hands in so many things. Is there a time in your life when I like to say the headlights came on and, and somewhat illuminated your way for this new idea, this new direction you had with your career, your business? And tell us the steps you took to turn that aha moment into your success. Really the big aha moment for me, well, there's been a lot of them, but really the first one that set me on my course happened when I was quite young. And Again, growing up poor, I didn't know what I could be. I just figured I'd grow up and get me a little trailer and have some chickens and a cow and just live just a quiet life. But uh, all of a sudden, one day, I was just riding on a bus, looking out the window, and all of a sudden, I just caught a glimpse of, of what could be if I were to pursue some of the talents that that I have mm -hmm. and, and really just, it, 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 I don't know, kind of came as a as an epiphany more than an aha that 
I have the ability to be somebody and do something, even though my resources at the time were meager. Mm -hmm. And so I started taking little steps towards producing. At the time, I wasn't sure what. But then later on, as, uh, as we were, as I was looking for different creative outlets and whatnot, I, I just started looking around. And uh, again, a, a buddy of mine called me up and said, hey, let's do this off-road thing. And I said, I don't know if we should do something like that. Mm -hmm. But, uh, but he, he kept pestering me a little bit. And I, and I spent some time looking into the, uh, the environment and said, yeah, maybe this is the thing that, that all of my skills and talents have been leading up to. And so far, it's been working out pretty well. You know, you, you took us on that bus ride with you there for a moment. You said you looked out the window and you had this bit of an epiphany. What did you look at? What did you see that turned a light switch on in your head that helped you realize, I can do more, I can be more, I can take these uh, assets that I have as a person and do something with them? Was there? Did you see something out that window that just turned the light bulb on? Well, initially, and it kind of goes outside of the scope of, of cars, but it was actually an old western town that I'm like, oh, because where I grew up was a small community that was a tourist trap, right? Mm -hmm. And it was a little community called Kanab, Utah. It's a little old west town, and all the old classic films were made there back in the day. And so I saw a movie set for tourism. And then as I started researching that, I'm like, oh, well, we could bring movies back. Oh, maybe I could become a filmmaker. Oh, if I'm making films, <laughs> wow. then I can create anything. Yeah. And then the next thing you know, I'm been, I've created several documentaries. I've worked on this show. I've got several things in the works, and, and things are really opening up. Just from that one moment of self-recognition that one idea could lead to another, and then the next thing you know, I, I have the confidence of anything I want to do, I can do. Uh, it's absolutely a wonderful story. I love it, and that's why I wanted to, to kind of get there a little further and find out what that was, because for listeners out there that are maybe successful in what they're doing, but they want to be doing something different. They want to be doing something that's around automobiles, cars, whatever it might be. It could be racing cars, classic cars, off-road crawlers like you're involved in. You can do it. There are the opportunities out there for you to do it. You just got to uh, turn that aha moment on and go for it, right? Just like crawling Absolutely. over a giant rock up a waterfall. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah, fantastic. Thanks for sharing that wonderful story. How about proudest career moments? I would assume you've had many, but is there one in particular that really stands out for you that you could share with us today? Uh, yeah, the uh, crawl zone itself. I've talked with my brother. He's uh, a partner with me in this. And we're like, you know, as we get ready to take the next steps into the growth of, of our project here, what if it fails? What if, what if things go wrong? And we talked about, you know what, whether it succeeds or fails, it doesn't really matter because we built – a nationally recognized off-road adventure show with no debt. It was slow going at times and it was frustrating at times and it still has a long way to go. But no matter how things end up, we did that. We created something that we can go across the country and people recognize us. They know who we are. Yeah. And that's pretty awesome to us. And so that's probably the biggest, proudest moment is no matter what happens, we went out, we did it. Well, you know, this is another awesome message for our listeners out there because the tools we have these days with the internet alone and these cameras that you can now buy for way less than the old days of what it would cost mm -hmm. to buy a, a camera to go out and try to be a filmmaker or documentary maker of any kind enables people like you and me and our listeners to go out there and create something, right? Absolutely. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's amazing. And the things you see people producing now and 
putting out there for the world to see are so exciting at so many different levels. And now you're starting to see a lot of major brands. I just saw a great one for Johnny Walker, a wonderful little short film they produced about a car in France. And right. so, yeah, and you just look at this stuff and go, oh, yeah, I could do that. You know, the GoPro camera or my little 35 millimeter camera, whatever it might be. So fantastic. I love that. Let's have a little bit of fun here. Is there a first car that came into your life that was really special to you? And if so, could you share a memory you have with that vehicle? Absolutely. My my very first car was a 1963 Plymouth Valiant. A Valiant, cool. <laughs> uh-huh. It was uh it was kind of a daily driver that my dad had picked up out of an old junkyard and got running and he used it for a while, but when I got my license, he gave that to me. Mm-hmm. And uh it really it's not a flashy car and mine was really rough really rough around the edges. It it, it literally had a floorboard because there was no floorboard. Oh, goodness. We just threw yeah. a board in there, right? So <laughs> yeah. to keep my feet from falling through, it had a board in there. The front bumper was held on with bailing wire. Oh, I, my I got to listen to the old AM radio, and the rotten interior made you just itch to sit in it, you know? <laughs> but uh, yeah. this old relic, it became a reflection of my identity in high school, you know? And, and not to any form of original, but I started refreshing the old girl. I gutted the interior. I redid the seats. I I sewed and installed my own new headliners. Wow. I I repainted the dash, reworked the electrical, patched up the floorboards, cleaned it up, and created a respectable ride. Mm -hmm. And from really just found materials, things that I could just find here or there out of a junkyard, out of my mom's basement. And and it ran good. That was the one thing about it. It did run good. And, oh, I love to drive it. <laughs> in fact, I drove it up and down Main Street all day when I was in high school, just dragging Main, you know. And my grandpa used to say, one day I came over and he said, uh, you know, I sit here and I watch you driving up and down the road and you must be every other car both ways. <laughs> you were having fun. Oh, a lot of fun. And I love that car, the looseness of the steering box, the big steering wheel, the three on the tree. Yeah, that was my girl. Not to mention the freedom that cars give us when we're young. Well, when we're old too, but when we're young especially. Yeah, you can finally kind of break free and feel like you're your own person as well. So Absolutely. <laughs> Very cool. I love the story about the Valiant. That's great. How about a vehicle that you've owned that you let go that you really wish you had back in the garage? Oh, that's sad. That's sad <laughs> for Uh-oh. me. Oh, I... By the time I got ready to go to college, I'd acquired a couple of other old classics, including a 62 Tempest. I had three different 53 Chevy pickups. And thinking that school mattered, I made the mistake of selling off my whole collection to go to school. Mm. (laughs) And that that included my old Valiant. And I still haven't recovered from that. I still dream about those cars and think about what I should be doing with them. And I feel your pain. I feel your pain. I've had to let go some cars to put my kids through college, so... Uh, I'm right there with you, but uh, the experiences I'm sure you had in school probably far exceed what those cars perhaps could give you. And as one person told me once, as I saw one of my prized toys drive off, you know, you can always get another car, but you can't get another experience for your kids at school or for yourself. So that's true. That's if, true. if that brings you any solace, I know it's painful <laughs> though. Sorry to bring that one up. <laughs> well, that's fine. I'll wipe away the little tears. I'm sorry. Yeah, I make everybody cry on this show. I, I, maybe I should take that question off my list. <laughs> no, that's a good one. There you go. Brings back some memories. How about current projects? What are you working on today at Crawl Zone that really has you guys fired up and excited? 
Well, we've got a couple of things. The the first is we're working with a couple of builders to get a, a new big off-road rig for for this year. We're looking at a TJ that we're going to get built up, uh, big axles. We're going to use the TNT custom suspension, really build it up so that we can get out on the trail, not just for wheeling sake, but to take our camera crew out there and make yeah. sure that we're safe on the trail and, and whatnot. So we've got that. And then I had mentioned as well another film project I'm working on, and and that one I'm I'm in the process of getting a mid '60s Mustang, all kind of Mad Maxed up for oh, a wow. post apocalyptic. Yeah, I'm creating a post apocalyptic hot rod film called Acid Rain. Oh, that sounds really exciting. That sounds really cool. Awesome. Well, I can't wait to uh, to see that come together. And you know, as you were talking about uh, a vehicle that your crew can go, I was thinking, yeah, how do you guys get out there where these people are doing these uh, adventures? Because Unless you have a helicopter to drop you in, you've got to actually be there. So, absolutely, we're we're there in the thick of it. We've we've got trucks and stuff that bring our equipment up to the trailhead, and then generally we just hop in with whoever's going on the trail until we get to someplace cool, and then we hop out and we're doing a lot of hiking. Yeah. We're running around up and down the cliffs, trying to get into position for the shots. We've got multiple cameras shooting all the time, so we can get all the angles. And so, yeah, it's a lot of hiking and a lot of fun stuff, but we usually ride with everybody, but we do want to make sure that because we've had to leave some equipment behind home because there's not enough room and everything. So our, our goal is to get this additional rig on the trail with us so that we can have all the extra equipment and make sure that we've got everything we need to get the best shots possible. Yeah, very cool. Fun, fun place to have an office. That's for sure. Amen. That's absolutely great. Now, here's a very introspective question for you, Nathan. If you were a car or a vehicle or an off-road vehicle or any kind of vehicle, what kind of car would Nathan be and why? Uh, that's an interesting question. There's a couple of different choices I could make, but one goes back to my old Valiant. Mm -hmm. You know, nothing exciting to look at, but reliable and comfortable. <laughs> you know, yep. I, just like that old car, I feel rough around the edges. But just I, and I, I was always reminded of the old Johnny Cash song, the ragged old flag, where oh, he makes yeah. the comment, he makes the comment, she was in pretty good shape for the shape she was in. And that's how I've always felt, <laughs> you know, yeah. nothing too special, but in pretty good shape for where I'm at. There you go. That's why I like that question, especially when my guests answer really honestly about how they perceive themselves. That's a great answer. I love that one. So Nathan, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsor. Metrovac has been manufacturing and providing quality automotive vacuums and blowers since 1939. I've used their portable vacuum and blowers for over 15 years in my garage, on my cars, motorcycles, around my home, and you should too. Their Air Force Master Blaster Revolution is my go-to tool every time I wash and detail my vehicles. Powered by two twin-fan 4.0 peak horsepower motors, the Master Blaster delivers up to 58,000 feet per minute of clean, warm, dry, filtered air. Dry your car without a towel and avoid those nagging micro-scratches. Perfect for the wheels, engines, motorcycles, and all those frustrating water traps in trim, door jams, and seals. Check out all of Metrovac's quality products, deliberately made better in the USA. Metrovac is the right choice. Learn more today at metrovac.com. Use discount code carsya 20 and you'll get 20% off your first order. That's right, 20% off. Details at carsya.com slash sponsors. Okay, Nathan, we're back and we're entering the last lap, or in your case, the last crawl, or the last rock, or the last waterfall. This is where I'm going to fire off a series of questions, and you give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So you ready? Got it. What is the best automotive advice you've ever received 
get your arm out of the fan before the engine starts. <laughs> yes, absolutely. You know, I have an, I had an uncle who lost a thumb in a fan that way mm-hmm. when he was in the mm-hmm. army. So, you know, every time I would go visit him, he'd hold up his hand and one of those digits was missing. I'd always go, man, don't get it. To this day, I can't look in the engine compartment without being a little, a bit afraid. So right. it's probably a good thing. Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your success over the years? I'd have to say prayer. You mm. know, find a way to stay grounded in life. Without that, I think I'd be floating all over the place. <laughs> Great. Absolutely. Do you have a resource that you think the Cars Yow listeners would really enjoy? Well, if you're into off-road stuff, obviously the crawlzone.tv website is a place for news, entertainment, and information. Oh, yeah. And we've, got, we've got a list of, of great vendors and people that we work with if you're interested in getting something big, including TNT Customs and Underground Diesel Performance. Awesome. Great. Yeah, I've been to your website, as I mentioned at the beginning of our talk here. It's really fun, and uh, I think our listeners would really enjoy visiting your website. Is there a book that you've read that you think our listeners would enjoy reading as well? Probably my favorite book uh, is one that influenced me fairly early on. It's uh, Ender's Game by Mm. Orson Scott Card. Yeah, great book. Awesome. Well, I'll remind our listeners that you can find all these great resources Nathan has shared with us at carsyad.com slash Nathan Riddle. There's also another great place on the Carsyad website, Guest Recommended Books, where Nathan's book and all the past guest books are listed with quick links for an easy purchase. Do you have any interesting hobbies outside of your passion for cars? Yeah, touching history. Mm. As a as a researcher, filmmaker, and reenactor, I've I've lived moments in the life as a gunfighter, a mountain man, one of Christ's ancient apostles, a medieval knight, a member of the U.S. Cavalry, a minor 49er, the priest Escalante, old Freddy Crystal in his pursuit of Montezuma's treasure, and a Pony Express rider. I've really loved experiencing life, not, you know, experiencing history, mm-hmm. experiencing things. And that's one of the cool things about Crawl Zone is I've had the opportunity to go out and experience nature and experience machinery and experience things that I otherwise wouldn't be able to have a chance to do. Wow. Well, you know, you mentioned Johnny Cash earlier, that song, I've Been Everywhere, Man. You've Been Everybody, Man. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> that's very cool. Very, very cool. I love that. All right, Nathan, we are up to the checkered flag. And this last question can be a real doozy. If you could have only one collector car in your garage, but don't worry about the price because today I'm going to buy you whatever car on the planet exists or even something you might want to have built, what would that one vehicle be and why? Well, I'm torn between two vehicles right now that are really inspiring me. Okay. And uh, they're, they're both built by um, a builder out of Pennsylvania. His name's Kenny Hawk of Hawk Design and River Raider Off-Road, and he's created two of the coolest off-road rigs that I've seen show up at SEMA in the last couple of years. The uh, first is called the Tomahawk, Mm. and the second is the uh, Rock Rat. Okay, well, those are very special, unique vehicles. So since I've had 396 other guests on before you've appeared here on Cars, yeah, I've told all of them the same thing. You can only pick one. So... (laughs) Let's narrow it down between the Tomahawk and the Rock Rat. Which of those two vehicles would you pick, and what is it about that vehicle that just pulls on your heartstrings? Oh, I would have to say probably the Tomahawk. Mm -hmm. It's just a little taller, beefier rig. It uh, is inspired by the Mustang of World War II, the um, aircraft. Oh, okay. And, And so it's got flight yokes and everything in it, and really 
taps into some history that, that I'm interested in. Wow. Very cool. Well, that is a unique answer. You know, I, I get a lot of answers to that question here on Cars, yeah. Some of them are the same, Ferrari GTO or, you know, Lamborghini Miura or something classic like that, an old Porsche. But uh, you're the first one with a Tomahawk, so <laughs> that's very cool. I would expect nothing less from you and the uniqueness <laughs> that you have. Well, Nathan, you have taken me on a great off-road ride today. I've really enjoyed talking with you, and I want to thank you for sharing your journey with me and with the Cars, yeah, listeners could you give us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off down that rocky riverbed in your very own SEMA-built Tomahawk? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, my life is proof that, that anything is possible. And so I'd say don't let the doldrums of life bind you down. Find a way to live epic. It can be in your own garage, out on the open road, or on the rocky trail. But wherever you are, live epically. Uh. Awesome. Very well said. And again, what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and CrawlZone? Well, they can find us on our website, www.crawlzone.tv. That's CrawlZone with a K. Or they can find us on their favorite social media platform, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Excuse me, that'd be about the best place. Awesome. Great. Well, listeners, again, you can find links to everything we've talked about today here at CarsYad.com. Just put Nathan in the search bar. And his show notes page will pop up with links. And I would encourage you to visit his website. Look at these films he's produced. Uh, Even if you're not into off-road, they're going to get you fired up and excited, I guarantee you, because it's absolutely amazing. The way you guys film things, the way you see things, makes it really interesting for all the viewers. Nathan, thanks again for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences with the listeners and with me. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah. Yeah.